is Becca and Milhaven, just saying. I'm Tom Becca. And I'm McGraw Milhaven, and one of us ate White Castle this week. I did. I did. I was on vacation. I was up in uh, Michigan, uh, spending time on Lake Michigan. I went and did the, uh, I actually was in a sailboat race. I've never been on a sailboat before, and uh, the captain says, oh, we got a race coming up on Saturday. You're on the crew. So I was on the crew for a sailboat race on Saturday there in Lake Michigan. It was a rush, man. I loved it. But then, uh, driving back, I drove through uh, uh, Illinois where they have White Castle. And, um, man, nothing better. I I had self-restraint, though. I just got a double with cheese. I got a regular cheese and a regular White Castle. I didn't buy, like, a dozen or anything for the road. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. You only bought two hamburgers? I bought three. I bought three. What's wrong with you? Well, that was just it, because I otherwise I would have bought, look, I wanted to buy a dozen, maybe two dozen, and take some home to freeze them. I mean, no, but I didn't, do. but I didn't. Uh, back up a second. Did you, are, are you ready for America's Cup now that you uh, do a sailboat racing on the, uh, on the open seas? Me and Ted Turner, baby. I'm ready. Okay. Have, you, have, you ever, have you ever just been sailing? Um, you mean like Christopher Cross? Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way. <laughs> okay, so I'm in the boat and sailing by Christopher Cross, Sloop John B by the Beach Boys <laughs> are both in my head. I'm just rotating those two songs in my head all the time I'm on the boat, you know? Uh, I've been on a sailboat. I, I guess I have. Yeah, I've been sailing. Not like, you know, where I'm tacking and I'm trying to, you know, win a, win a race, but I've been on a sailboat before. Yeah. Oh, tacking. Well, you know the terms. Nice. Please. Nice. You know, I I, I I grew up in Long Island. I I know all about tacking. Yeah, you and Billy Joel. So um, so anyway, so uh, yeah, there there you are in Missouri. There you are in Missouri. Had, had a kind of a big uh, election. One of the Eric's won, huh? Yeah. Donald Trump uh, uh, endorsed Eric. There were three Eric's in the race. I'm convinced people are so stupid. Some people probably voted for all three Eric's. <laughs> you know, there's ranked choice voting at its best. Uh, yeah, you know what? Well, I think, look, I, do you think Donald Trump actually knew who he was really endorsing? Oh, absolutely he knew. Because Eric Greitens, the one who resigned in disgrace had an affair with his hairstylist and his wife is suing him for custody after beating up his children who was leading in the polls. Um, he goes, uh, he goes target shooting with Don jr. And tweets that out all the time. And his national campaign person is Kimberly Gafoyle. Oh, okay. So Donald Trump knows exactly what he was doing. Oh, I see. So this way there's plausible deniability. It's like, yeah, because I know right. both Eric's, the, both, the two main Eric's both claimed uh, the endorsement. Right. But, uh, yeah. yeah, but this way there's plausible deniability there. Huh? I mean, I, was, I thought he should have waited till he figured out who won and then, you know, endorsed that person. Well, that's sort of what he did up in Michigan with uh, when he picked the governor, uh, the Michigan governor. Well, he endorsed her like four days into the election, before the election. If you don't have good polling to know who's going to win four days in, yeah, you know. I know. Yeah, no. Then, I know. It's uh, it's, the whole thing is so crazy. But I, I, I seriously, though, I think the biggest story 
in the election so far is Kansas. Oh, of course it is. Of course it is. What, what's your take on it? Well, um, first of all, I think people need to understand that it was a closed ballot. They made it hard to vote, right? It was in a primary. So the voter suppression, uh, people don't vote in primaries. It's August, right? People are on vacation. They sent out a misinformation campaign, like a, like they, they were telling the pro-choicers to vote yes, right? To try and confuse them. Um, and through all this, it got 60% of the vote. I don't know what it means, but it means something. Well, here's what I think it means. I think there's a difference between what people say to their friends at church and what they say when they're in the voting booth. I mean, okay, look, okay, you were raised Catholic, I was raised Catholic, right? Both from the, you know, from years ago. All right. Did you go, did you know Catholic kids in your neighborhood? Because you didn't go to Catholic school, did you? Oh, no. Yeah, tons of Catholic people. Okay. So, you know, okay. And these families, I mean, how many, how many, how many uh, kids did you have in your family? Uh, Six. Six. Okay. There's four in ours, four in ours. But, you know, that was, you know, Catholics, no birth control, no, no birth control. I went to school with people that had, you know, uh, buddies of mine that had, you know, seven or eight brothers and sisters along the way. I have a, an uncle. I don't know how many cousins uh, my uncle had on that side. I think it was like five or six. So anyway, the point here being, you see a Catholic family today, and there's two. But the Catholic hasn't changed its policy on birth control. It's just that, yeah, you know, people, I'm a good Catholic, but yeah, I want to do the birth control. I'm a good Republican, but yeah, I think that it ought to still be legal. You know, um, well, how foolish you are. Um, the reason why Catholics don't have large families anymore is because of porn on the internet. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't even want to know what your thought process is. On that. <laughs> I was going to ask you, what the hell are you thinking about? But then I was afraid you might tell me. <laughs> so, I, though, though I do, I, I miss those days where there were families of, you know, we had a family of six and we were considered, we were considered, you know, a, a, a nice big family. Today, if you met somebody with six kids, they're like, what, what in the world are you thinking? Six kids is unheard of today. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, six kids today is like, Three kids today. You meet somebody with three kids, like, oh my goodness, you must be in the weeds. Three kids. Um, you know, four kids is nothing. I mean, that's we the fun thing too is in my family, and you know this, you bring up a name now and you're like, Oh, I went to school with his brother. Oh, I went to school with the sister. Yeah, she was three years older than me. No, they had, you know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. just sort of everybody knew everybody somehow through somebody's uncle or brother or sister or classmate. Those are the good old days. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Those are the good old days. Why don't you get on the front porch, get in the rocking chair, and have some country time lemonade, okay? Why don't we, why don't we elect somebody to make America great again and we can start having large families again? <laughs> I mean, you can't do it now because remember that the Catholic Church, right? The first two are fr- the first two you, you pay for, and the rest are free when it came to Catholic school. I don't recall that. But then again, I wasn't paying for it. Yeah. I, I, I was only paying for it emotionally. <laughs> Well, you know, they, they could do that because they weren't paying the nuns anything to teach you. You know, now there are no more nuns and they have to hire teachers 
And so all that's gone by the wayside. I am doing, I'm going to be part of a debate here um, in a week or two. I got to check my, got to check my phone to see when the date is. I'm going to be part of a debate a few weeks from now uh, with uh about whether or not teachers should be allowed to be packing heat in the classroom. Um, what do you know about this? Well, I know I know that I had some nuns that I would not trust with a gun. Okay, I, I had some nuns <laughs> that, that taught me that quite honestly, uh, they were deadly with an eraser that they would throw at a kid. I can only imagine if you know some of the kids were acting up that uh, you know some of these nuns would just snap, would have, would have just snapped. But um, yeah, so I'm not I'm not for teachers having guns in the classroom. Well, I mean, look at Uvalde. They had 500 police officers outside, and none of them used any of their guns. But, Raw, you, you know, the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Well, there was 500 good, good guys, and they didn't stop that nut job. Yeah, same thing that happened out there in, uh, was it the Sandy Hook there? Not Sandy Hook, but in, uh, in Florida with the, um, you know, the uh, officer there that just sort of, ran outside and didn't do anything. You know, the truth is about guns. I, I don't really care if you're next to me carrying a concealed weapon, right? I mean, uh, I, I really, I honestly don't care. Um, my problem is that the, the whole lack of safety and uh, education has sort of gone by the wayside. It's like, you know, the macho the, of the bigger you, of the gun you, you have and, and the whole idea of respecting the gun and keeping it safe and secure from neighbors and kids and whatever else. That's sort of gone by the wayside. Yeah, the idea that the idea that uh, these states are passing laws now where you don't even have to pass a class that conceal carry. Right. You right. know, yeah, just yeah, yeah. everybody carry. Yeah. And every yeah. And everyone, you know, the, the OK, yes, I understand you have a right to a gun, but you also have a responsibility when you carry that gun around town. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, speaking about uh, since I mentioned uh, Sandy Hook, you following this Alex Jones trial at all? First of all, the guy makes my skin crawl. Um, he, he's just he's literally insane and should be locked away somewhere. And the damage the, the just these poor parents that have to put up with this guy and the idiots that follow him. And now, so no, I'm not really, I know he was found guilty. And now something where his lawyer sent all the texts to the other yeah. lawyer, did you see this? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm not following it so much. I, I don't think he's been found guilty in this case. I think it was another one that he was found guilty. And I think that this is, oh, this is, I don't think this was, uh, drawn to I thought this was the penalty phase of one of them or something. Uh, yeah, you see, I'm not following that close. I'm with you. He makes my skin crawl. He makes my skin crawl. And actually his wife or girlfriend or somebody is from Omaha. Of course and every now and then he'll pop up. He'll be like Alex Jones sightings in Omaha. Do you find it pathetic that Alex Jones has a wife and you and me don't have a wife. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. When I was doing stand-up, I used to ask this question of other comedians, right? And so I'm going to ask you, but it'll be maybe a little bit different than uh, I asked it. The, the, the question I asked the other comedians was, this was like back in the, uh, back in the late eighties, right? I said, if you could be as famous as Michael Jackson, but you had to be as weird as Michael Jackson, would it be worth it? I'm going to ask you the question a little bit different. If you could have a talk show career that, you know, had millions and millions of followers, but you had to be an Alex Jones type person to do it, or, or maybe a, uh, a Tucker Carlson 
type person to do it. Is it worth it? No, no, no not for me. No, because you can do it if you want to. By the way, I used to love Tucker Carlson. I when he was wearing the bow tie guy and he was on CNN's Crossfire, uh, I always had great respect for him because he always had really interesting articles or um, arguments. It was nuanced. It was smart. It was intelligent. He was a thinking man's conservative. Now he's a, you know, now he's sort of a cartoon of himself. Um, but no, I, I wouldn't because you can, right? You you can t- you can be that n- big of a nut job. And you and I both have been asked those questions. You know, hey, do you want to be? And we both turned them down because you, you just have to sleep with yourself. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, because <laughs> because because we're not married. That's all I'm sleeping with. Yeah. Uh. And uh, way to rub it in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't have said look yourself in the mirror in the morning. You couldn't have said that. Can can we talk about the Cleveland Browns for a minute? Oh dear God! I don't, for the life of me, and I know you're a Cleveland Browns fan, and yes. my my respects to you because you're a long suffering Browns fan. My Jets saved the NFL, so I I, I can appreciate the long suffering you've you, you've had with your with with your Browns, unlike my Jets who are like a phoenix and going to rise again but forgetting this whole deshaun watson had 30 women claim that he abused them in some way shape or form i don't understand why they why they traded for him why they gave him the richest contract in the history of the nfl and the guy hasn't played in a year and when he played he wasn't tom brady so i don't get it you and every Cleveland Browns fan that I've talked to. Okay, so it's not just me. No, no. As crazy as you are, you are actually making some sense on this one. I don't get it either. And this is something, too. And and I've been wrestling with this. Okay, I've, I've talked with Republican friends of mine who do not like Donald Trump, but have said that if Donald Trump is the party's nominee, they're going to vote for him. Right. Which I could never, which I could never understand. Which I could never understand. Right? It's like, yeah, then you know what the guy is, but you're still going to vote for him because he has an R after his name. So I'm battling with this right now because I hate everything about the Deshaun Watson deal. I hate that they got rid of Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield played hurt all last year. He put his heart into it. I hate all the the, the trade, uh, all the. Uh, draft picks they had to give away. I, I I hate all of that. And yet, I don't know that I can say that I'm not going to be a Browns fan yet. You know, wow. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, okay, so yeah, I, I I don't like Deshaun Watson. You know, I think that he's uh, you know kind of a, a sleazy guy, and I, I don't I don't care for the man, right? But if he's a quarterback for my team, do I still support the team? As opposed to holding up to my to my values of saying, you know what, screw them. I, I, I got, you know, they have no loyalty to Baker Mayfield. They got no loyalty to the fans. This is all, yeah, no. I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I am wrestling with this in my head. Can you help me out here? I, I no, I can't because I don't. I, forgetting all the off the field stuff, right? For forgetting that that he is alleged to have raped twenty four women, which there's more and whatever else. That Houston Texans didn't let him play last year because. They were disgusted by his, by his whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have the Cleveland Browns said, "Hey, we think he's Tom Brady." 
Well, I mean, Baker Mayfield wasn't that bad. They, the Baker Mayfield won him a playoff game last year. Oh, two years ago, yeah. Two years ago. Yeah. I, so I don't, I don't understand the whole football side of this. They had oh. a good quarterback. Why go and get this guy who's got so much baggage, and now he's not going to have played for a year and maybe more than six games. So, so who's their backup now? So they got rid of a quarterback. Who's their backup now for the first six games? And when you're, and, when you're a Cleveland Browns fan, really when you're a Cleveland Browns fan, this, <laughs> this is just how things go. All right? Baker Mayfield is then uh, sent to what? Carolina, right? Uh, yeah. Carolina, Carolina is the first game the Browns play this year. Right. If Baker Mayfield gets a starting play, uh, position, if he gets a starting position this year, the Cleveland Browns are going to be paying Baker Mayfield over a half million dollars to have Baker Mayfield beat them. So, so what you're saying is, so what you're saying is they're not going to have Deshaun Watson because he's going to be suspended. Right. So they're going to be paying Baker Mayfield to beat them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. That is, that is, I, I just, it boggles the mind that somebody in the Cleveland Brown organization didn't say, wait a minute, what are we doing? Then they gave him a $250 million contract, the only contract in the history of the NFL that is guaranteed every single penny. It's, it's, it's bonkers. It, I don't get it. So my, my, I apologize to you. I don't, I don't get it. It makes no sense. Yeah, and, and quite honestly, I, I honestly – I honestly don't know how I'm going to, how I feel about this. I still don't know how I feel about it. And this. the Cleveland Brown management is still saying this is the best this is the best deal going forward. We know what we're doing. I mean, who's the well, owner of the Browns? I mean, if, I, if, a, if the Browns knew what they were doing, they've had they've had what like 25 years since they came back to prove it. I've seen nothing that has made me think, as a long-suffering Browns fan, I've seen nothing that makes me think that the Browns know what they're doing. They had you know what? Field. Baker Mayfield won them a playoff game. It was exciting. Was Baker Mayfield maybe the you know the star quarterback? You know the Tom Brady or the Peyton Manning? Maybe not. Maybe not a Patrick Mahomes. But you know they had a good running game. They 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 could put it together. Baker Mayfield played his heart out for that team for that city uh, while he was injured all season long. And the team you know catches him in the curb like this. I think that's a bunch of bullshit. I can say hey, bullshit. It's a podcast. It's not on the radio. Hey, I, think, I don't want to. I don't want to pour um, salt in the wound. Yes, you, you do. Pro- you probably, probably, I, I've known you long enough. You are loving my misery on this. You should. No, I actually feel bad. This is so awful. I actually feel bad for any fan. If this were happening to the New England Patriots, I'd feel bad. That's how bad I feel about this. Um, you probably should have built Art Model of the stadium he wanted. <laughs> Uh, there's a special place in hell for Art Modell, but that's because the, ba- the Baltimore Ravens are great. They're fantastic. What a great organization that is. How are you Mets doing? Uh, Mets sit atop the National League East. They have the second rec- second best record in baseball. Do they really? They, are? I thought they were, didn't, didn't they start off really sucking this season? No, 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 no. Um, they have the, Jacob Degrom is back pitching. Pitched great last night. They got a one-two punch, Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom. Um, Pete Alonzo is knocking the ball right over the wall. Bring your family, bring your wife, guaranteed to have the, the time of your life. Um, the Mets are it, baby. Metsy, Metsy, Metsy. Yeah, my, uh, my guardians. Oh, thanks for Fra- uh, Francisco Lindor, by the way. 
Steve Riley doing something for you? He did nothing for you last oh, year. Oh, he's 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 great. Well, he's got hilarious. like 80 RBIs. He's got like 15 home runs. It's another thing with Indians or Guardians or whatever. That just it's, it's just <laughs> uh, you know. Um, what are you gonna do? I know, I know. I just uh, you know, it's just, it's a it's a cross that I bury, bury that I bear, I bury it too. Oh, God, uh, geez. So. Um, yeah, but you haven't, uh, seen, you haven't seen the uh, you haven't seen the guy from the Mets. This Daniel Vogel back, have you? He is no, the, he, he's Babe Ruth. He's really? left-handed. He weighs like two ninety. He he is he looks like Babe Ruth. He he had a grand slam today. It's, um, this guy is like eats like four hamburgers and crushes the ball. <laughs> he's fantastic. <laughs> oh man, speaking of baseball, we're on the baseball. Vin Scully died. Vin Scully guy. Now, Vin, Vin was a, Vin was like a consummate baseball announcer. He was the voice of the Dodgers from Brooklyn to Los Angeles. He was the guy. And, and I don't know, are there any real stellar baseball announcers on the radio anymore? Or do people even want, I mean, I know that, I know they still listen on the radio, but, but is there still that same, I, I don't know. I, I, I love, I love listening to baseball on the radio. I, I really do. But I don't hear the announcers, the like the Harry Carries of the world, or you know the Vince Scullys, or the Jack Bucks, or the you know the, the classic announcers that have been there forever that are part of the team's legacy. It doesn't seem to be the same thing, right? They're, they're not there anymore. Well, why don't you get on the porch and have your country time and tell me how great America used to be? Um, I'll tell you why. Because the voices. By the way. By the way. By the way. Yeah. <laughs> If being on the porch gets me farther away from you, I may just do that. The problem you have here is, before I was so rudely interrupted, was there's nobody that will ever take the place of the radio voices of your youth. They were giants, right? You sit there in bed, going to bed when you're 10 years old. And for me, it was Lindsey Nelson, Ralph Kiner, Bob Murphy, and nobody will take their place in St. Louis. It was Jack Buck. It was Mike Shannon. You, you go somewhere else and they're like, Oh my goodness, our guy's the best. And you're like, really? I don't get him. I don't get it. Right. It just, it's, it's that acquired taste that you love. Now, as for Vince Scully, I never met the man. I'm sure he was a very nice man. And I revere the slow roller up along first base behind the bag. It's gets by Buckner. Here comes Ray Knight and the Mets win it. Sorry. Um, game six, 1986. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm well aware. I'm well aware. Um, I'm sure Vince Scully was a great guy. Never met the man. He did the games by himself for 70 years. Mm -hmm. Think about that. 70 years. I looked this stat up today. It's pretty unbelievable. The guy was with the Dodgers for 60 Seven years, and he was not the longest tendered Dodger in the organization. Imagine working for a company for 67 years and somebody worked there longer. Tommy Lasorda worked there 69 years in the Dodger organization. Now, I did meet Tommy Lasorda just briefly, just briefly. Boy, what, well, there's a guy, there's a guy that would, you know, just was fun to be around. Oh my God. Right. I mean, what a, what a 67 years. 
and he still isn't number one on the employee list. Think about that for a second. <laughs> what do you got to do to get promoted around here? You know, <laughs> I mean, he, I mean, think about the think about the games he, he saw. Babe Ruth's uh, uh, Hank Aaron breaking Babe Ruth's record. He called that one. Yeah. He called Kurt Gibson's home run. He called the Mets game six. I mean, the guy. Uh, he, how many no hitters and perfect games of Sandy Koufax did he call? I mean, that guy, man, that guy saw it all. Yeah, no, he was he was something else, man. He he was definitely uh, something else. And uh, and you know, and you're right, you are right about the the announcers of your youth. You're right about that. You know, Herb Score there for the Indians. I uh, so you're you're right. You're right. It's the thing where it's like okay, it's kind of like your music. You know, yeah, there'll never be another Beatles. Well. The Beatles mean nothing to some, you know, 15-year-old kid today. Hey, Beatles don't mean anything to me, and I saw Beatlemania. <laughs> what do you mean the Beatles don't mean anything to you? I don't and The Beatles are just another pop band. You people, you, you baby boomers think you invented music. I mean, they're just another pop band. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so, so who's your band then? Okay, you're 10 years younger than me. Who's your band? Who's 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 my Beatles? Yeah. Uh, I you see, say, you see, I you should, can't even think of one. No, 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 you can't no, even no. Think of one. And oh, when you no, do no, think no. of one, they well, wouldn't hold even on a there you calm down. Turn his mic down. I was I was gonna say George Harrison just to screw with you. <laughs> I was gonna say wings, but you know that's. <laughs> Without the Beatles, there are no wings. So there. So I would have to say R.E.M. is my band. R.E.M. is my Beatles. Um, R.E.M., a good band. I like R.E.M., you know, um, but they're nowhere near the impact the Beatles had. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, Elvis had, I, I don't, each generation's got their, excuse me, got their band. But when the 80s came along, you baby boomers ruined the whole world for us and all of society. So we had nothing, you know, you you left us a broken society. So all we had was REM. Well, first of all, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Don't go put me in, like, it's my fault that the world sucks. You baby you, boomers, you ruined things. I no, not all baby boomers. You single-handedly ruined America. I did. I ruined America. I, I did. And I, I take full responsibility. All right, let's 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 wrap up this this thing. Why? By the let's way, we're, we're on iHeart now. We're on the iHeart app now. What, what what does that mean? We have to go longer now? No, it just means that you know more more people can listen to us. I have a, a topic that should have gotten more attention this week that didn't, and that is. Did you see the story it came out uh, late Thursday? Well, first of all, two stories that I think should be getting a lot more attention. One of them is, did you see where there somebody was diagnosed with polio up in upstate New York? I did see that, yes. And then apparently um, they've now found polio in the wastewater in New York. And they're, telling, they're setting up like vaccine sites and telling people, if you live in, in upstate New York in this area, you better start getting your polio vaccine because there could be an outbreak. You know, you talk about how I ruined everything and the baby boomers ruined, ruined everything. I want to thank Jenny McCarthy, you know, and all these uh, pseudo celebrities 
who were going around saying, oh, don't give your kids a vaccine. Vaccines are bad, blah, blah, blah. They're, they're, they're the ones that are ruining society. These, these freaking idiots. It's um, so funny. It's so funny you say that. I said on the radio that uh, Emerson, my two-year-old daughter, um, just got her second uh, COVID vaccine shot. And somebody called up and said, uh, you know, you should be brought up on child abuse charges. Why are you giving your daughter uh, the COVID vaccine? And I said, because I don't take, I don't take scientific advice from Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> that, it's just the whole world has gone mad. I don't know. Although but I, that's, did, I did, on my vacation on the way back from Michigan, I stopped in Grand Rapids and uh, I went to the Gerald Ford Museum and uh, walked through the Gerald Ford Museum and that, and I saw, you know, the history of what it was like when he took over for Nixon and everything. The world was pretty uh, freaking crazy back then as well. Um, just maybe didn't have the 24 hour news cycle and social media and everything else to go along with it. But yeah, you know, things were pretty crazy back then as well. Inflation well, was a, a, a polio breakout isn't the most underreported story of the week. What, what would be more underreported? I'm reading to you from the Associated Press. Dateline, July 28th, 2022. Phoenix. The Biden administration on Thursday authorized completion of the Trump-funded U.S.-Mexico border war in an open area of southern Arizona near Yuma, where four wide gaps make it among the busiest corridors for illegal crossings. Joe Biden is building a fence that Donald Trump couldn't. That is an underreported story. And here's a story about that, because... We had a thing here in Nebraska a year or so ago where a bunch of our National Guard troops went down to the border, right? Joe Biden asked for our National Guard troops to go down to the border, and the Republicans couldn't make a big deal about it because it was Joe Biden you know, was doing it, and the Democrats couldn't make a big deal about it because they didn't want to you know, give the Republicans a, a right. talking point. In the meantime, our National Guard troops are spending a year down there at the border trying to... Uh, you know, stop the, the influx of illegal immigrants. But now this also goes along with the um, underreported story and along with the immigration thing. Here in Nebraska, a number of our business leaders are saying, guys, we got to do something about our immigration laws. We need workers. Yeah. We need workers. We need to have people here that can work in the packing plants, people that can work in construction, people that can work, you know, and I mean, not to mention the uh, the educated immigrants coming in, doctors and uh, physicists and the like. But they need we need we need workers in this country. Going back to the point about uh, population, yeah, the population really isn't growing, right? And they need it to grow if the economy's going to grow. And we need workers as us baby boomers are getting ready to retire or are retiring and getting out of the workforce, you know, and, and but but politicians won't do the smart thing and try to pass some legislation to make it easier for the immigrants to work, which just boggles my mind because that would be good for business, which the Republicans ought to love. It just so you drive so, uh, a home builder told me here in St. Louis. He says, drive around, look at all the new construction going on, and then look at how many of the brand new houses that don't have any sod or landscaping put in them. I was like, yeah, I noticed that. Why? He says, because the immigrant workers can't get any visas to come into the country to lay the sod. So all these homes, seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollar homes 
these beautiful homes have weeds growing in the front yard for months and months because there's nobody here to plant the sod because all these immigration problems and the, the workers can't come into the country. It's bonkers. There's a supply chain shortage on grass well, uh, no, coming you, in from China. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing too is not only is this Mexico border, you know, um, now being closed by Joe Biden. You know, if you think about it, the Mexico border right now is really the 21st century Ellis Island. Because people from around the world, the Ukrainians, the Somalians, the, the Central Americans, right? They're all getting their way to the Mexican border and they want to knock on our door and, uh, you know, um, turn themselves over to an official to ask for some type of immigrant status, right? That's what they did in Ellis Island. They all came to Ellis Island. America didn't ask for them to come to Ellis Island. Oh, they just- No, no, America, America asked. America needed the workers. America needed the workers. America's, America, no, no, no. You, you, you kidding me? They had the Statue of Liberty in there. Give us your tired, you're poor, you're hungry. Come on in. No, they sent a whole bunch of them back too because they didn't have, you know, they didn't have whatever. No, they sent a whole bunch of them back. Right? They sent a whole bunch of them back if they had tuberculosis, if they had uh, open sores, and they sent them. They sent those people back if they were healthy. If they were healthy and they could get in. Now they had to do was say, okay, yeah, you, you you're healthy enough. You got. I understand it. I understand it. In. But they had they had an Ellis Island to process them, right? They all went through Ellis Island. Okay. Now they're all going through the southern border. That's that's the modern day Ellis Island in a sense. And we just haven't set up the facilities to process the immigrants and the tired and the poor and the yearning to breathe free. We just haven't set up the system to take them in or not. Well, we, we learned our lesson when we let all those Irish in, damn it. Those That's Irish. true. Ain't that the truth? Yeah, oh, geez. Oh, by the way, if somebody will hear that now, take it out of context and, you know, they'll try to cancel us. So anyway. Uh, well, you know what? Yeah, I might try and cancel us. I'm tired of doing this. Oh, okay, speaking of which, you're going on vacation next. You're going to Europe next week. Yes, hopefully they'll let me back in the country. Are you? But you're not going to. You're not going to do the podcast again next week. I'm on vacation this week, and I made time to do the podcast. You can't make time to do the podcast when you're overseas. I can make time. I just can't figure out the time change. So here you are on your very own podcast, admitting that you're not that bright. Oh, I think I proved that. You know, there's an app podcast. on your phone. There's an app on your phone that'll tell you that. I I think I proved that every time I open my mouth, I'm not very smart. You got a point there. Um, I well, I mean, what, what Wednesday I'll be in Cartagena, I believe, on a yacht. So, and I won't be part of the crew. I'll have somebody crewing for me while I'm having grapes fed to me by the Mediterranean women. <laughs> God, yeah. You are you are living in your own world. So how long are you going to be gone? We, so uh, I'll be back uh, the following Wednesday, so we can do it. Um, we can do it that Wednesday. Um, I don't know. You, look, I have an international plan. Text me. Maybe I'll respond to you. Um, we'll try and figure something a time out. So it. anyway, so all right. Well, anyway, so uh, thanks uh, for uh, you know putting up with us this long. Uh, we'll uh, continue continue this. As long as as long as we can, as long as McGraw can work us into his busy schedule. I uh, apparently we've got people listening to us, huh? Yeah, no, we do, we do actually, and uh, people seem to like it. Wow. Which yeah, it surprises me. 
You know, I don't think the Cleveland Browns management will like this episode or Jenny McCarthy. Screw the Cleveland Browns management, man. They've broken my heart so many years. You know, I mean, yeah. Then the Indians, the Indians. I grew up with the Indians. I will never see the Indians in the World Series. I am a Guardians fan just because I guess I got to be right. You know, it's too late to change. No, I like the Guardians name. I think it was a cool name change. I mean, if you're going to change the name, I, I think it was cool to change it to the to the bridge or whatever, the, the reference to the bridge or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm still not sure how I feel about the Browns yet. So I'm still, I'm still, I'll probably watch the first game or two and see, you know, if, how they if, do. If, if you were a true Browns fan, you'd root for the Baltimore Ravens. I can't do that. God, I can't do that. <laughs> oh God. No, no, I know. No, because I'm a true Browns fan. I cannot support the Ravens, but they are the true Browns. They're the old Browns. They're 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 yesterday's news. They're yeah. Did you ever see the? Did you ever see that Peyton Manning Peyton place that that TV show he did on ESPN? Uh not really. No. It is it is so fantastic. It's wonderful. But there's an episode where he goes into Baltimore, and he talks about the whole Colts leaving and the Ravens coming, everything else. And then he there's a trivia question: What happened to the Super Bowl five trophy won by the Baltimore Colts? The, the Indianapolis Colts don't want it, and the Baltimore Ravens don't want it. So this chat, this, uh, the, uh, the Super Bowl V Lombardi Trophy sits in Babe Ruth's uh, childhood home because nobody wants it. It's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. The Baltimore Colts Super Bowl Trophy, nobody wants it. It's sitting in Babe Ruth's childhood home I don't know maybe then then the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame would have been there or something but no yeah no right I mean it's so weird right I mean the the Baltimore Colts don't exist so the the Indianapolis Colts don't want it Baltimore hates the Colts so they don't want it the Ravens don't want somebody else's Super Bowl um, trophy so it sits in Babe Ruth's home which is so weird (laughs) say say goodnight McGraw Good night, McGraw. I'll talk to you later. Take care, my friend. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. A Huda Media Production.